Asia-Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia-Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. On Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents. It is the first new show of 2020. Today is the 1st of February. We are back and I will consider whether I'll stop speaking and give Pierre an opportunity to say good morning. But I, I am Giselle Hanna. Good morning, Giselle. And if... um uh, very attentive listeners would have picked up a little uh, uh, hitch there, technical hitch that just shows the bit rusty here after six weeks off, really, a bit summer rusty, break. Pierre. Just a You're bit very rusty. Generous. Um, well, Giselle, I might as well just shut your microphone off, and so I just keep talking. <laughs> look, see, ah, oh, look, I found that back on again. Anyway, that's good. See, that's what I mean. A bit rusty here. Mm, censorship, got it. That's right. But anyway, welcome. Another year of Asia Pacific Currents bringing you labour and uh, human rights issue from the Asia Pacific region. Brought you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links. Uh, on your favourite community radio station, 3CR Radio. And, of course, um, Giselle, have you remembered those uh, contact details? For I absolutely, absolutely have, uh, dear Pierre and dear listener. Um, as Pierre said, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so find us on those social media platforms by looking up AAWL. You can also email us at aawl at aawl.org.au. Um, I do want to announce that in 2020 we have relaunched our mini news. That means that all of the news items that we uh, bring you on this radio program and some others um, will be emailed to those on our subscriber list um, every week. So if you would like to be on that list, send us an email and we will put you on that list. That's right. And hopefully the emails won't go into your spam uh, list as the first one did uh, for me, but I did find that in the end. Uh, anyway, Giselle, I think um, you've got... Oh, we haven't announced... The interview in Absolutely. the second half of the program. So as always, the first show of the year being this close to the commemoration of Invasion Day is a conversation with Tarnine Onus-Williams, who is one of the founding members and one of the activists in war, the warriors of the Aboriginal resistance. We're going to reflect on the Invasion Day protest this year and talk about what's next in the struggle for Aboriginal rights. Sounds like um, a very interesting and valuable interview, but um, we go straight to our news items, uh, Giselle, and I think you all got the first one. Yes, we are starting in India in relation to the citizenship Act. Um, for those of you who have not been following this, very a very um, severe development in um, race and communal relations in that country. Uh, since the 12th of December, when the Indian government passed a contentious citizenship amendment bill, which is now the Act, the, um, that granted preferential citizenship to Hindu Sikhs, um, Jains, Parsis and Christians from Pakistan, Afghanistan and Bangladesh. Protests have been ongoing throughout India. 
This discriminatory legislation has galvanised new coalitions between Muslims and a whole array of the left, labour, human rights and worker groups. In the middle of this wave of protests, workers in India staged a huge general strike that saw up to 250 million workers take action on the 8th of January. The right-wing government of Narendra Modi, more than right-wing actually, the fascist government of Narendra Modi is using this legislation to further entrench a chauvinist Hindu ideology in the country. The government's response to the protests has been brutal, with 20 protesters killed in Uttar Pradesh state and students um, at the JNU University campus were attacked by an armed mob, while this week a gunman in broad daylight shot at protesters in New Delhi. It's also worth mentioning that... um, there has been very pronounced leadership of women, women workers um, in response to this legislation. Um, it is similar to what we saw during um, the anti-war movement where essentially mothers of those slain and those targeted came out and led the movement against war and in this case against that legislation. So will you have um, interviews in your other program, uh, I already – actually, oh. I already have. So for those of you who are interested, there is an extended interview with um, uh, Shivani Kul from um, Bigul Mazdur Dasta in India um, – about uh, these protests. So if you go to 3CR's website and look up Accent of Women, you'll see a link to that show. Um, that's a good cross-promotion, Giselle. Well done. <laughs> the, the, no, it's all, it's all good, all good. Um, we now go to Turkey, where in uh, early um, February, uh, more than 100,000 metal workers in Turkey are set to go on a nationwide strike. This strike is the result of a failure to reach a new sector-wide deal between the three unions representing metal workers, um, the Bizlalik Metal Ish, the Selik Ish, and the um, and the Metal Industry Employees Association (MEWS). Some employers have responded to the call for a strike by implementing a lockout of the workforce. This has already led to spontaneous strikes by affected workers uh, during the last couple of weeks. The Turkish government, unsurprisingly, has also responded by declaring this strike illegal due to national security issues. An international call for solidarity and support has been made by Turkish workers. And moving now to Iraq, the mass working class uprisings that have gripped Iraq since October last year show no signs of abating even amid continuing repression by government forces and armed militias. It is estimated that over 600 demonstrators have been killed so far, with many thousands more injured and arrested. Last week, coinciding with the announcement that the Sadra movement was withdrawing political support to the protests, the government sent in the army and burnt down the protest camps in both Baghdad and Basra. The reaction by the protesters was swift, with massive demonstrations being organised and the tent cities being immediately rebuilt. The demands of the protesters remain the same, with a call for all politicians to resign because of their corruption, um, poverty, violence, exploitation, and that they have inflicted uh, that they have inflicted on working class Iraqis. Yes, and um, that's an ongoing issue that we'll keep um, reporting on. But now we go to Sri Lanka, where um, just last week the newly elected president of Sri Lanka, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, admitted that the 20,000 Tamils who had been listed as missing since the end of the civil war in 2009 
are in fact all dead. This admission uh, can now bring a closure to families of these missing people who had to endure years of denials and obfuscation from Mahinda Rajapaksa, who um, is actually the brother of Gotabaya, um, who was the head of the government who prosecuted the final offensive in 2009. Now, while the war is a decade old, the scars remain not only as trauma for the survivors, but in the social, economic and political divisions and marginalisation that still affects Sri Lanka's Tamil minority in the northern parts of the country. And back to India, um, hundreds of workers have now been picketing for almost two years against un. Anhwaser Bush, I'm pretty sure I have not pronounced that correctly, but basically a brewery. Uh, This brewery is a subsidiary of the global leader in beer production, AB InBev, um, and this is all taking place in the state of Haryan in India, um, which is in northern India. Also to mention that... um, AB InBev is the parent company also of CUB, which was the dispute that happened here in in Melbourne, in Abbotsford. Um, so the workers have been protesting the illegal termination of employment of union leaders, withdrawal of union recognition and the management's refusal to discuss the demands of the union. Throughout these last 700 days, management has continued to victimise and repress the workers and their designated union. The IUF, Global Union Federation, has an international solidarity campaign in support of these workers. It, I, I do I know you're about to launch into the last story, but... but um, I do think it was probably a failure on the left and not at all saying, I, I mean, I think it was part of AAWL's failure um, not to connect the dispute at CUB with um, AB InBev in India because there was a, there was a simultaneous dispute um, at that brewery at that time. And as we can see, this company is viciously anti-union and is hell-bent on um, wiping out any union presence and as a result, any wages and conditions claims by those workers. That's right, that's right. And uh, there's always more and more global companies around the world. And our last item for the morning is we go to Palestine where the recently announced deal of the century by the US um, Trump administration is nothing of the sort and is merely a continuation of the ongoing American support for Israel's continued expansion and annexation of Palestine. This deal would only signify more mass transfer of Palestinians from their land and the balkanization or Bantu stanification of their society. In addition, this plan, as with many of the previous ones, remains silent on the issue of Palestinian refugees and their right of return, of which, of course, there's millions of Palestinian refugees in uh, countries around the, the, the region. And that really brings us to the end of the um, news roundup. It's just on 12 past 9 o'clock. We'll go to a couple of community announcements and then we'll be back with Tareen and talking about Invasion Day. Hi, I'm Jacob from a Friday Rave and I'm also on 3CR's Committee of Management. Now, the community of passionate people that founded 3CR a long time ago made some tough decisions. For a start, they committed themselves and a growing community of listeners to back their vision of owning our station and in doing so remaining independent of the government and corporate influence. They did this by fundraising, brick by brick, with work and bees, door knocks, on-air drives and all the rest of it. You've all been there. 
Now, their commitment has kept 3CR on air for over 40 years. That's a long time even in my life. But now, we need your commitment to keep this great thing going. Now, you can subscribe online at 3cr.org.au or phone us at the station on 9419 8377 or even stop me on the bloody street if you see me at some rally or other and ask me for a membership form. You need to become a member of Melbourne Radical Radio and subscribe. Come to me, lover, I've secrets to tell. Hi, we're Dash. And you're listening to 3CR Community Radio. Come to me sweetly, this love of great You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents here on Community Radio 3CR. It's 15 minutes past nine o'clock and we're going into our feature interview for the morning, which is Tarnine Onus-Williams, one of the founding members and one of the key activists in war, the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance. Good morning, Tarnine. Welcome. Good morning, Giselle. Um, thank you so much for joining us on the show this morning. Uh, of course, we are just c- coming to the end of a period where um, we focus I- in a way that we don't often for other parts of the year on the struggle for Aboriginal rights. And, of course, that's the commemoration on the 26th of January of the invasion of this continent and what we now call Invasion Day. Um, it was a massive rally in Melbourne and in other capital cities across the country. You were one of the organisers. Tell me thoughts, reflections on the event. Yeah, I think it was really good and I think really powerful. Everybody, you know, in terms of organising, everybody had their own roles and we were able to organise lots of fundraising and we you know we had really great marshals and we you know really wanted to focus on like the main key issues that we do every year most of the time. And you know, that those included um like black deaths in custody, child removal, um climate change, uh Stolen generation stuff, so and treaty, so you know we, and we really wanted to cover all of those and like all the stuff that affects Aboriginal people, and highlight those key moments. And so we got people to speak um, on those issues, and I think it was great. Another, actually, the biggest one theme that we did go for in Melbourne this year was pay the rent and. You know, that's been around for years and it was really nice to get that rejuvenated and get more people involved and share that with people and on a bigger platform. So that was really cool to do and, like, notice that, you know, lots of people were asking questions because a lot of people haven't heard about it. And that was one thing I was surprised about because I've heard about Pay the Rent my whole life. But I was like, oh, people don't know about Pay the Rent. So it was really cool to get that... um, going again and light that flame up. You mentioned a couple of things that I want to draw together. So one was um, Aboriginal deaths in custody and then you talked about Mm -hmm. police repression and you also mentioned um, marshals at the rally. I think it's Mm -hmm. a piece that um, not many people see is just how much pressure 
and repression that March is subjected to by the police and that even mm-hmm. on a day commemorating the invasion of the country and um, saying, you know, this movement isn't going anywhere and there is, the, you know, Australia has a bloody history, um, that mm. there is still that kind of repression um, at a demonstration like that. Uh, is there anything you want to say or reflect on in relation to not just po- the, the police treatment of the demonstration, but police treatment of Aboriginal people and Aboriginal events in general? Yeah, I think, you know, over the last few years, we've seen not just the Invasion Day March get big, but the NAIDOC March as well, um, which is an annual march um, for Aboriginal people um, around the country. And we see those events highly policed. It's not, you know, I think that it like goes for everything, goes for if there's an event at the MCG, like the Dreamtime at the G, there's people getting arrested at the front. If the march... Like if the NATO march ends at Fed Square, then there's people getting like arrested at, at Fed Square, and there's like you know if there's a rally in, in Invasion Day, I don't think we've ever had people get arrested there, but I think that that there's always been the violence of police and the pressure from police, and you know Aboriginal people are very like highly placed, and we are constantly responding to that, and it's really frustrating and I think that's the importance of why I do need <clears throat> marshals um, at the rally because we need to keep community safe. Like I remember one time Giselle was at the square and mm. there was someone that was drunk there and there was like, you know, six police standing around this person and we had to facilitate for the person to get home so we had to go get get the money and, you know, make sure they got home okay because otherwise he was going to get arrested and I think, you know, that's the sort of things that um, not just community should be doing but like marshals at events and other people that participate in rallies need to be sure to look after their comrades. Um, Still on this theme, um, we started this year with a a death in custody of an Aboriginal woman um, and Mm. I know that you were very deeply involved in a a supportive and broader community level um, with a a coronial inquiry into the death of Tanya Day and, of course, Tanya died in 2017 so, um, I mean, do what do we know of these deaths in custody? I, I know the one that happened at the start of the year, perhaps there's not a lot of information available. Um, but, I, you know, I put it to you that potentially these deaths were preventable and actually relate to a broader systemic racism experienced by Aboriginal people at the hands of the criminal justice system. Yeah, I think... You know, Veronica Nelson and Tanya Day's case, Tanya Day's case, uh, you know, they were both Aboriginal women. And um, I think what was different about um, Veronica's is that, you know, she was refused bail and um, she was put into... Like Daveville's Frost Centre, which is the like the women's prison, um, and it was because she'd stolen something, and you know, and then she was what we've heard from people um, is that she was refused 
um, treatment, health treatment, um, because she was detoxing um, off drugs and so she died. Um, obviously, there's going to be the coronial inquiry, which will find out why she died and, like, what could have been done. Um, but this is some of the things that have been coming out at the moment. Um you know, there's lots of women that are inside that are absolutely traumatised because of this. Lots of Aboriginal women have been fighting inside um, because they're scared that they're going to die. I think, you know, this is obviously, yeah, a systemic issue for Aboriginal people and I'm, yeah, and we need to fight for it and we need to fight to ensure that Aboriginal people and not dying in custody and not dying at the hands of police. And we need to, that's why we go out there on Invasion Day. You know, we want to, we're fighting for, um, we're fighting for our sovereignty, we're fighting for our, for our rights to ensure that we live healthy, long lives because that's what we, that's what we used to do before colonisation. So I think it's only fair that we demand that and, Australia, absolutely, needs to give us justice and the poor health and those measures that you talked about are a direct result of um, colonisation and the brutalisation of Aboriginal lives, Aboriginal bodies. The, the, mm-hmm. What we're talking about reminds me um, that the um, the fastest growing prison population is actually Aboriginal women. Um, that we yeah. had these two women deaths in custody, but also that uh, I know that this is a commitment of yours and it's definitely palpably present at the Invasion Day rally and the work that the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance does um, is the leadership of women, the leadership of young women in the Aboriginal community. Why is that so important to you? Well, I think it's important to me because, like... I think Aboriginal women are really incredible and we do all this work, but honestly, we're some of the only people that show up. Um, You know, so I think that it also because we have, like, really, like, I I don't know, I think the organising group, we have really incredible relationships as well. So um, that's one of the beautiful foundations of why we have been able to do the work that we do. Um, but it is really important. I think that having Aboriginal women part of it and leading this um, creates something that is, like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but it creates something that's not, it's not full of toxic masculinity, you know, where lots of people don't even know who organises the rally because we don't want it to focus on us. We want it to give this platform to our community and we're not there to just amp our own voices up and I think that's, you know, really present um, at our rallies and we give a whole different level of humanisation um, in particular, like, to lots of different things and I forgot to say one of the focuses were, you know, hands off our women and we want to focus on Aboriginal women as well and I think that's something like the, that we do that other organisers probably wouldn't do and we have that feminist lens that we really bring into our work and I think it actually makes a huge difference, you know. Um, so, yep. 
like that means in campaigning for Tanya Day and Veronica Nelson, but yeah, it's really important to us. Mm, yes, that's um, a very, um, very important. We can certainly agree. And um, this is um, Pierre Tanine. Um, I'd just like to ask a question, uh, the follow-up. I mean, the Invasion Day marches, uh, especially in the last few years, have been massive. And uh, last week's march was also fantastic. A lot of people... Um, do you do you have um, and there's lots of uh, groups that um, go into support, especially from non-Aboriginal groups. Uh, is there a good follow-up after the invasion day? Like, are you seeing better a partnership um, uh, links made up with uh, different groups after invasion day uh, marches? Um, I think I think we see it like as well, like in the lead up. Like, I think. You know, there's all the different community groups that do their do the work, like do the work, and I think you know, me and Marika were talking about. It, we're like, oh, isn't it cool that we know these people, and these people, and these people? And like, it's just really nice that we've created these relationships, and that um, we can be like, oh, you know, like Matt from Trades Hall, like you know. Um, so it's really lovely, and to see people really um, work hard as well. You know, lots of the stuff, you know, the Asian Alliance, Asian Asian Anti-Colonial Asian Collective, they made all the different posters. And, you know, that was something that we didn't, like, even ask for people just go out and do it. And so I think it's just brilliant. And I, you know, really love that the community gets behind it and, you know, the unions get behind it, like Jewish mobs get behind it, like there's queer mobs that get behind it. So it's really cool to see all the different like groups support our rally um, in the way that they do. You know, like we had like I counted over 300 volunteers, I reckon. So that's pretty massive um, to pull together and for everybody that helped. You know, it just creates. All right, that's. Like, Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And um, as uh, as a as participants, uh, we can certainly say um, well done. And it was fantastic. And uh, we certainly hope that uh, of all the issues that you've uh, talked about, uh, there's more work continues through the year because it's certainly mm-hmm. not just something for one day of, of the year. Exactly. So onward to a year of struggle around these issues, the issues that you talked about. Tani, thank you so much for joining us on the show this morning and we will see you in the streets. All righty. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. <laughs> Bye. That was Tanine Onus-Williams. She is one of the founders and one of the key organisers in the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance and one of the organisers of this year's Invasion Day rally in Melbourne, Victoria, one of the biggest rallies we had in the country. We're going to go to a community announcement. And then we'll be back to conclude the show. Hey, this is Nick from Pinyao. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you.
It is 9.30. That brings us to the end of our first Asia-Pacific Currents for 2020. Thank you, Pierre, for the lack of smoothness of the show. It's always, I always enjoy the bumpy ride. Um, But please stay tuned to 3CR for the rest of the day. Coming up next is Palestine Remembered. I'm Giselle Hannah. And you've uh, even forgot to back announce the interview. I uh, did. Giselle. I back announced the interview. Uh, I think if you listen oh, okay. back to the listen. show, oh, you'll right. hear that the interview is back oh, announced. That's all right. Uh, yes, we'll be back. It's great to be back, Giselle, after a good break. And my name is Pierre. We'll be back with another program of Asia Pacific Currents brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links. And stay um, tuned for Palestine Remembered, who um, they're actually um, live this uh, this week so it's fantastic so um, have a great weekend get your copy of 3cr's magnificent book it's a stunning history of the people programs and issues at the station since 1976 on sale now for the amazing price of just 20 dollars. pick one up at the station or jump online and place your order radical radio celebrating 40 years of 3cr on sale now for 20 dollars You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.